Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I've pressed the record button, so that means we should do a podcast. Let's do a podcast. Podcast? Podcast. Hello and welcome to In The Pocket. My name's Johnny. And my name's Chris. Two totally average bass players, and we're here to talk all about that bass. As well as answering your questions at home, each week we take a look at the latest news and break down some tones to give you lot the lowdown on the low end. Chris, my dear, um, what bass things have you been up to this week? I have been up to many bass things this week, my dear Jonathan Dibble. I've had a crazy day just today. Uh, got up this morning, had to do some editing, and then I have been practicing all day for some shows that I've got at the weekend. Shot some content, yeah. Beep, 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 beep. Shot some content. Beautiful, love some content. We lo- we love the content. And then I jumped on here with you, and here we are. So busy, busy base day all round. How about you? Wow, highlight of your day to finish off, eh? Lovely, lovely. Save the worst till last. <laughs> Come on now. Um, today, well, well, this week actually, I had I actually had a gig. Oh my goodness! Oh my Johnny gosh. did a did a live gig. Um, it was not like the town down from me, so not far to go, but it was well paid and it well attended. So that's all you could that's all you could ask for, really. Um, I used my new amp for the first time. Um, we'll talk about that later, but it was a very fun time and uh, yeah, had a bloody good one. So uh, I've missed playing live, man. Getting Sat behind a computer, creating content has been great, but getting back out there and playing gigs is, is what it's all about, baby. So that was very good indeed. When was how big is the gap from the gig you've just done to the one before it? Oh, that's an excellent question, Chris. Let me get my calendar up. And how many bases have you bought in that gap? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Um it's worth it, okay. Um so the last gig I played was the eleventh of February. So you know, just under, just under, just over a month, yeah. So, uh, my next one is on the first of April, so that's not too far away. Um, and in that time, I have bought um <laughs> two bases, <laughs> and there's one, and there's one arriving tomorrow. Oh my god! Oh. But but I didn't buy that. One, okay. So then that was fine. I mean, I I bought things too. In my defense, I bought a GoPro. Well, there we go. Yes. Well, there we go, pro. There we go, pro. Well, that's, you know, what you are now, a professional touring gigging musician, Chris. So you have the excuse to buy that, whereas I do not. Very true. And also my thought process is, if I can't stick it on the internet, what's the point of me doing it? So, you know, not... That's what she said. Exactly. Exactly. That That is what your mum said. Anyway. Well... But yeah, um, you know, what's the point of doing it if I can't put it on the internet? No, we'll ignore the fact that, you know, oh, getting paid? Nah. Good experience? Nah. Playing bass on stage is fun? Nah. All these things are also things your mum has said to me. Anyway, we should probably move on to a question. (laughs) To ask questions on this very podcast, all you need to do is head over to Instagram, at Johnny Dibble, or at that guy on bass, uh, and take a look out for our stories where we post the poll on that way you can submit your questions for this podcast like these lovely people. Uh, let's kick straight in to our first question. Johnny, what's your worst live equipment failure? <laughs> um, big fan, big fan of uh, of this question because I'm sure we have many tales to tell of um live failures. Um, I'm gonna I've got a few, so I'm just gonna start off with a really simple one. Um, in my 
old, old originals band called Cardinal Bay. Um, I had hair down to my shoulders at the time. I would always be the one to go really lively on stage. I had a wireless. I would get off that stage. I'd be up on the march table. I'd be off down the road. You know, I'd be uh, rarely on the stage, which was a lot of fun um, in certain points of certain songs. Um, however, what's not fun with wireless is, is when they just go wrong. Um, and I, I had planned my route in this one venue. I was like, okay, that, that merch desk looks very standable. That looks good. That looks like a lot of fun. I'm going to get up on there. Um, the intro, the electronic intro is playing over the speakers. The drummer counts in. I go to play the first note and the battery dies. As, as my arm goes up to play the note, the battery dies. So it's just the most underwhelming start to a song and a set ever. And then there's me like scrambling around, getting the cable out and unplugging everything. So, so yeah, real like smelly band situation where you're like, ooh, that, that doesn't look good. Um, so there's my first one. Lovely. Not quite as embarrassing, but still a, a great irritation. Uh, this happened Christmas time last year. Went down and did a corporate gig in Oxford. And um, we were playing... Right, I'm going to say 20 seconds into the set. We just started, and this is a really simple one. Battery in my Stingray died. Mate, that is the word. Because it's not like it's unplayable there. It's just like farty and like dead sounding. Yeah, there's like, there's still noise coming out, but it was almost like, you know, if you set a noise gate way too high, it was just dipping in and out and farty and like, oh, I mean, we got it sorted, but it was like a, Oh, great. Luckily, though, yeah. Um, this is actually why I'm actually going to retire gigging my jazz bass live for the time being. My jazz bass has uh, has been retrofitted, if you will, with EMG pickups, which are, of course, active. Now, they sound really good. It, it's probably, I think, my one of my... Well, I don't own that many basses, unlike you, but it's one of my favourite basses to like record with. I think it sounds amazing, plays really well. It's really bright in a really good way. It's a great bass. I think jazz bass is amazing. I think they're probably up there like, well, there's only three. That, you know, it's it's P bass, jazz bass, or Stingray, in my opinion. And that's up. Well, that was statement of the century. Yeah. It might be up there with P it bass. Might be up, they, you know what, guys? It's a bit of a hunch, but I don't know. I don't know if you've heard of these things. They're underground. They're called jazz basses. It's called a jazz bass. You know, it's got, it's, you know, these things called pickups? It's got two of them. Um, what mid-range? Anyway, um, but to change the battery, you need to take the scratch plate off and then change the battery because it's not, it's not rooted, routed, rooted, either of those words, to house a active circuit. So I don't like that because basically if it dies at a gig, I'm going to have to sit on the floor and unscrew everything. Whereas luckily with uh, my other two active bases, the Stingray, it's just a plastic cap on the back of the base, you can pop it off with your thumb and then put the battery in, you're good to go. The ding wall, however, oh, the best. The, it's a magnet. And I will add, as a, as a owner of a ding wall, it's a strong magnet. Like, it's not falling off. Like, you've got to get fingers in and pull it off. Such a good, like, such a simple thing, but so good, because that... It's such a convenient thing, because like you say, getting a battery to try and... Getting the battery in the first place is a pain in the bum, then let alone having to open up the thing, take the battery out, and... Because and, I'm get, going back to your jazz bass, I'm guessing that that, if the battery goes, it is dead. Oh, it's dead. Yeah, yeah, there's no... And again, the ding wall has an active and passive switch, and it seems to be there's no increase in volume when you turn the active switch on. Obviously, if you boosted all the controls, it would be louder... But if they're all at neutral and you flick it between them, you've only got the sound of the preamp, which is basically a little bit brighter kind of sounding. That's the that's the sign of a high quality preamp, though. At the end of the day, isn't it? You know, high quality bass when they when you don't get that like insane uh, volume change, um, and that's good for situations like that. Very true. Uh, what was your other um, problem? Um, I, you know, the one that came to mind as you said that is when I also had a battery go, but it was in my Sire M7, which had two batteries in it. Um, and 
yeah, it just, it went, but that was a base where the passive tone was like so much lower than the active. So oh. I thought I'd, I thought I'd blown my cab and I was like, oh, what's going on? Um, but it wasn't that at all. It was just that the, it was all farty sounding because the batteries had gone. Yes. But yeah, and that's, I, and I had a grudge against active bases for a long time after that. And one of the top things when I'm thinking about gear to use live is reliability is what I'm thinking about. And what could go wrong and what backup could I have for that moment? Or like, what, what do I do? So like with my wireless now, I purposely bought a wireless that is, um, it's the boss, it's a boss one. It's really good because you can plug a cable into the side of it. Um, and then, so I just have the cable there ready to go. If anything happens, I just put the cable in and put it in the and in the base so there's no unplugging anything or changing signal chain it's all it's always that is the first in the chain so it's cool i i have a similar thing with the quad cortex i have the sure wireless the glx d 14 or 16 one that's also a tuner i always wanted that really good tuner um really recommend it the quad cortex has two inputs so I have input one is the tune is the the tuner the sure wireless, input two just has a jack lead already in it on the floor. So if it ever goes down for whatever reason, all you do is you on the touch screen just go, click, input input two, and it's all. I've even tested it. Like I can do it in like less than three seconds, very quick. Yeah. I've just remembered you did two. I've got two. You mentioned blowing up a cabinet. Have you ever blown up a cabinet? <laughs> no, I haven't. Oh, that's good, because I have. <laughs> oh, God. Um, basically, I wanted a small, lightweight cab when I was just using my Kemper, and I did all the research. I did the stupid numbers and the maths with the ohmage and all that, and I, and I realized, right, TC Electronic do a 2x10, which is super light. It weighs like nine kilos and i was like this is amazing i'll get that and basically i looked at the kemper manual and the stuff online it said now if you got a kemper and i'm saying the wrong numbers i don't care the point still stands it was like an eight ohm power amp but the input will understand what's being plugged into it so if it's a four ohm cabinet it will go oh wait this is four ohms, and it will adjust accordingly. I'm not particularly sure it does that. <laughs> because uh, we got to the end of this song, and uh, by the way, this, the band I was at the time, we brought, we had a smoke machine and lights and stuff. It's an originals band, uh, but we brought like our own lighting rig, which was all like DMX coded to our set, the click track, so it was quite visual. It was, re it was really quite good. Um, but I thought... <laughs> I thought when we got to this last song, I was like, wow, this smoke machine is going off. <laughs> I turned around, and I am not joking when I say this. You know the what, the gif where it's the guy playing piano, and the piano's on fire, and he's on a beach? It's yeah. all fantastic. I turned around, and I'm not joking when I say this. It was on fire. Like, actually, not just smoke came out. It was like flames <laughs> were licking out the front of it. And oh my God. me being me, my first thought was I turned around, looked at the drummer, went like, like for those of you who are listening to this, did like a little eyebrow thing to be like, look down there. Um, he looked and pulled a really like shocked face. And then I looked back at him and went, how cool is that? <laughs> That's some hot tone. Exactly. And then because my Kemper was on top of it and I was worried about my Kemper being destroyed, I ran over and like drop kicked my Kemper off the, um, <laughs> off the cab. And then, luckily, the set was ending anyway, and then unplugged it all, and it was still going through the PA, but there was just all this smoke, like, kicking out of it, and... Um, wow. Yeah, it had been on for 45 minutes. Owned it for about one day. What a rock star. What a rock star. The flames coming out. Wow. I think that tops it. That's my favourite. It wasn't great. It did cost me some money. I did just set... I did basically set fire to about 180 pounds. Just think about the podcast listeners, though. You know, it, it gave them a story and they loved it. Exactly. So it was worth it. Thank you for your sacrifice. You are very welcome. Let's uh, move on to our next segment. That is the news. It's the news. 
Hey, that's my life. It's time for the news. Do you know what? I nearly didn't think we we're going to have that many news items this week, but we were saved. I'll say that sparingly, I suppose. Our lords and saviors came to the rescue once again. Thank you, Dark Glass. Thank you. The Dark Glass gods have spoken. Um, we've got a couple of news items here. The first of which is from Dark Glass. Um, they teased that there was something new coming. People commented down below. Is it an X-Series amp to put the uh, X7 pedal that we love into a, into an amp format? Finally, Ooh, maybe. Sounds quite good. Oh, I think that would be good. Maybe what people are after. It's not. Um, it's uh, noise gate. Um, Yay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's basically, it's a noise gate from Dark Glass in the kind of uh, new mini pedal format uh, with the knobs on the inside, which we know and love. I'm assuming that this one doesn't have trim pots <laughs> or something on the inside. I, I, I did go looking immediately. What Have you put the threshold on the back? Like, what's going on here? But no, my understanding is there are... Um, there's nothing on the back this time. No, no. It does have um, some innovative features. So it's got a, I love this, in this article, it's got the word knob, soft and hard all in a row, which is brilliant. Um, so they've announced their NSG noise gate. Uh, they're saying it's going to, it's cutting edge, it's mysterious, and it's going to shake up the noise gate market. I guess that's the market that really needed shaking up. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry <laughs> that's okay oh sorry please continue that was uh, that was very funny so it says that pressing the knob switches between soft and hard levels of noise reduction stop it it does it, not that's what it said yes it does it does not who who did Matt Berry write this press release <laughs> pressing the knob Pressing the knob turns it bat. <laughs> um, yeah, so the threshold ranges from minus 67 uh, dBV to minus 30 dBV in soft mode and then minus 45 to plus 5 in, in hard mode. So it's softer or it's more aggressive, basically. Doesn't plus 5 mean it adds noise? Yeah, well, that's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> that's how it's shaking up the industry. It's doing it completely different. Um, yeah, that's really strange. I don't really know what that means, but hey, there we go. Um, so there's no send or return effects loop stuff from this like other ones it's saying, but, you know, they seem to do little innovations here and there. They said it's innovative and cutting edge um, to deliver a crisp and clear output with minimal background noise. Um, so, I mean, that's right there. makes it sound like it's kind of like the harmonic booster, but with a noise gate in it. But I don't think that's what this is. Um, but who knows? Uh, I, I'm not really that interested in this just because I kind of, I use noise gates. I think they're useful, but I'm I'm not going to get this. It's probably going to be around 200 pounds, which for a noise gate is not money I want to spend. I would want to be spending as little as possible on a piece of gear that does does not excite me at all. It's not giving me something extra. It's just, it is helping, but, you know, it's not giving me a tonal characteristic. It's just helping to tame something. So I never look to spend a lot of money on these things. But there we go. Maybe that's me. Yeah, it's um, it's not a miss. It's just not interesting. Uh, and also... But this is the thing, right? A noise gate is very useful. I use noise gates all the time. I use them live all the time. I think they're very useful. Genuinely very helpful. Even on bass. And I can understand why a noise gate would be very helpful if you play the dingy dingy brr brr dang dang that Dark Glass are obviously very well known for. Uh, among other things, like, you know, I don't use the stuff for that kind of sound, but, it, you know, you can do. And it's, you know, it's good, it's good stuff. But, um, how is it innovative in any way, especially because it technically has less features than a Boss NS2? <laughs> that is a great point. And, you know, that's the competition that they're going up against, you know, when someone's, especially when they're looking at the price. 
what they are actually going up against is the fort in Zool, I think. Because that has that really cool key input feature. Where Now, I, I, I'll get the order of this wrong because I, I've only watched one Ola England video about it. But it's, it's like you put your guitar into one input and then you send it off to the amp. But you put the pedal in the amp's effects loop. But because you've done this other input, this key input, the pedal is triggering. So what it means is the pe the pedal is triggering based on your playing because it's seeing the guitar right at the start. But the effect is kicking in in the effects loop of the amp. So it's it's clamping really hard on the tone. So it's a really tight gate, but it is still being it, that it's still able to adapt fast and accurately off your playing. That's why the Ford is quite popular. And you're not losing anything, you know, from the actual like gain of the, the pedal and things like that. Exactly. You can be really responsive and you can do like the, you know, you can do breakdowns and quite choppy parts um, and you get the best of both worlds. That's innovation. That's very useful. This is literally just a noise gate. Like, and, and also, the dark glass do a noise gate. It's in all of the pedals. So now they've gone a step further of giving you one part of the circuit as it's a whole own pedal. Yeah, it's like you see people who own a hyperluminal, a harmonic booster, an atom, and then like an element. And it's like, why that why have you I, I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> like it's literally it's lit the atom has all of these things. But you'll then get people who go, oh, well, I'm actually treating the harmony version like a preamp. So just use the EQ. Yeah, well, you know, I always think Dark Glass are like the Apple of the bass world, you know, like Apple as in iPhones and stuff, um, where it's very, it's innovative, but sometimes it's like the same thing, like different, you know, um, and, you know, they're very good at their marketing, very posh, etc., but expensive as well. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think they'll mop it up when they finally bring out, like, an X-Amp. That would be really cool. Like, if I didn't have my Alpha Omega, I'd buy an X-Amp, because I th that's really cool. Yeah, and apparently that's coming. Yeah, I read a comment where someone had gone, it's just around the corner, and I'm like, well, hang on a minute. I'm a neural DSP customer. I'm still waiting for features in the Quad Cortex that were promised at launch, and it's been out for two years. Like... Yeah, that's that's not good. But um, but uh, yeah, I mean, a noise gate's a noise gate. I strongly recommend people use one. Um, you know, I use one even when I'm not doing stuff that has like overdrive, just because it's good for like kind of maybe you accidentally like, touch the bass and it makes a noise. You know that kind of thing. Yeah, that's that's where I kind of like it. Or if I'm got hands off and you know it, it gets rid of all that stuff. Yeah, and especially if I'm using a gainy tone, that's really good for that. Um, let's move on to the next bit. It is a company I'd not heard of before, but a bass player I absolutely had heard of before, uh, because it is KHKD Electronics, uh, have collaborated with, uh, V-Man from Slipknot, uh, to create a signature pedal. Um, now this pedal is for both guitar and bass. So it's to, uh, they pay to emulate his gnarly bass tone. Um, Chris, you're you're a big uh, Slippy fan, aren't you? I am a very big fan of the um, the Slippy Dippy, big time. Slip heads, slip heads. That's what you call them yourselves, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's the one. Yeah, nice. Um, what did you think of this when you when you saw it announced? Um, mixed feelings because uh, I would like to hear it because I have not watched the promotional video yet. Uh, so there's that. Um, second point, it is two hundred and fifty quid. So if something's 250 quid, it needs to be, it needs to be pretty good. And it doesn't look, it, this kind of looks like your, kind of like your generic bass overdrive pedal. Like what have we got here? We've got gain, tone, direct treble and direct bass. So you can maybe EQ the dry signal or you can blend those in and then you've got a direct volume and gain volume. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's interesting, but um, I don't really think of V-Man. For like his bass tone because whenever I've listened to bass extracts of him playing I've always thought 
it's all, it's all right. Yeah, it's fine. It's a very guitar-y bass sound. Like, it's one of those where I, it kind of just sounds like he's running his guitar, his bass into a guitar amp, which is a cool sound. But when you're in a band like Slipknot, where there's already so much of that going on anyway, that's, look, if I was in Slipknot, that is not the bass tone I'd have. You know, but then again, I'm also not in Slipknot, and so he must be doing something right that I'm not doing. And he is still one of my favorite bass players. Like, he's not top five, but he's top 10. 100% top 10 for me. Um, he's really good to watch live. He's very funny. He's a very clever guy. Like, he was a guitar tech for a very long time before he was in Slipknot. Like, he used to tech for Six and uh, Mastodon and quite and he's been quite a lot of metal bands as well so he's you know the guy geese has been around the block he knows what he's talking about so i'm sure this is quite good but yeah i need to i need to go away and have a listen to it properly first because it's interesting it's got a dual path input yes i'm just it says that yours it splits the signal so your signal is split into two paths uh which controls gain tone bass and treble along the way um so it sounds like it's a way of retaining that low end, I assume. Interesting. This is somewhat similar to the last sort of thing he kind of endorsed, which is the... Do you remember the Orange Bass Butler? Oh, yes. I played one a couple of weeks ago. Was it any good? Yeah, really nice. Yeah, I, I toyed with buying one a while ago and then just didn't, but this, it kind of... Because that had a completely independent two channels then got that got summed back together so you could have blended everything in. Yeah, this kind of feels like the same thing. So maybe he's he's heard the bass butler and go, I like this, but maybe we can do this. Yeah, and that's the thing as bass players, that's the thing we kind of always want on these pedals. So I think it's a great feature to have. Um, interesting about the bass butler. Um, when I, I played it at the Birmingham Guitar Show, oh, um, and because Orange was there, so I was like, I'll try no bass through that. Yes, please. Um, and. Like for ages, I could not get it to like the drive to work, and I was like, "Is this unit broken?" I was like, "This is this doesn't sound good at all." I didn't realize I hadn't turned it on. Oh, you so special, special individual. It's because it was lit up, and all of my pedals uh, don't light up unless you turn them on. But this one changed color when you turn the drive on, which is only by one one. And so I was like, why is it not working? So I went to turn it on and off and was like, oh, oh. <laughs> well, and then like blew the lid off like with insane amount of game. Nice. And at which point, once you realize that, you reminded everyone around you. Oh, I've got 14,000 subscribers on YouTube. I just thought I'd remind you of that uh, now. Uh, I, I was just testing it. You know? <laughs> I really think it's important to get familiar with the true bypass sound and then, <laughs> um, and then turn the pedal on from there. I dial it in to make sure, oh, that's going to be the best sound, best impact when I turn it on. Whoa, nice. Just you were playing, you were like playing Russian roulette with the pedal, like kind of right, I'll set it like that. Is that, am I going to like it? Maybe I won't. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I start things off by putting on the worst sound possible and then turn it on. Yeah, that's that's how I do it too. Lovely. Well, I'd be interested to hear this um this slip uh slipknot pedal because i think it will you know the idea of it is great um but i haven't listened to it yet so well i tell like i did listen to it but i was on my phone and it was like a mix and i was like i can't hear this at all um so you know one day um the last bit of news for the news this week um is a bit about joe dart from wolfpack uh has launched a bass course question mark i mean yeah <laughs> fair enough it costs 250 pounds um and you it just looks like a load of you know a load of webinars and stuff that he does with people why is everything this week 200 quid i know it's the new 50 pounds baby baby cozy lives and all that yeah exactly cozy lives um so it says that he's offering this new comprehensive uh base course um joe dart if, you, if you're not familiar with joe dart just go and listen to Wolfpack, please just go and listen to um Oh God! What what is the song? The song, Dean Town. Go and listen to Dean Town, um, and then you might be inspired to uh, take him up on this course because he's obviously an incredible bass player. Um, are you a particular fan of Wolfpack or 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 Jerry Darty? Uh, no. Uh, there's not, not that I dislike it. I just never really bothered with it. But I always, you know, you see like Instagram reels of you know Joe Dart playing. At clinics and stuff like that and he sounds great 
he's quite good. He's quite good at that bass, if I do say so myself. And um, I, I actually really like his music, man. I think it looks. I think it's a really cool bass. Ah, uh, interesting. Yeah, I was going to ask you that as a follow up, actually. Yeah, um, because somebody asked that. Uh, I think this week in the questions was like, "Oh, thoughts on the Joe Bar- Joe Dart bass?" Um, because there's been a few iterations. Um, and yeah, I, I think it looks awesome. And I love the idea of the simplicity of just like, yep, just need one knob, that's it. And his sounds doesn't need that, like preamp and stuff like that from uh, from Music Man and Stingrays. You know, that's I would want that. But for him, he's kind of got that really like uh, jazz bass bridge pickup pokey sound going on. So it's like worked really well for him. And it's a cool look. Like I like the natural finish with the white pickup and just the one big knob. You know how I feel about white pickups and big knobs. Absolutely. However, this course, curious to see how this turns out because there's two interesting things that popped up regarding this. One, it's quite expensive and it kind of seems like it's just a series of webinars. So it kind of sounds like maybe you got commissioned for a masterclass somewhere and they just thought, oh, I know, we'll just film it and stick it online. I don't even think it's webinars. I I think it's just pre-done videos, you know, because it's got the durations of them all in there. And they're only like, you know, two minutes, three minutes, all six minutes, nine minutes. There's a couple of longer ones in there, but some, some are short. Yeah, this is just like, a, this is just like Masterclass. You know, have you seen the Masterclass website that gets advertised every now and again? Yeah. Oh, hang on. There's a button on the website to click to, to click to see even more. And yeah, there, there's like, it consists of like seven different lectures. Um, and there is a, a specific Dean Town bit in there as well for like uh choice of wolf cuts it's called for like the wolf pack section of it so yeah interesting i'd be really interested to see how many people are interested in this um and how well it goes well there's a there's a bit of a loophole here as well it's um there's a returns policy and lots of these kind of things don't have return policies they have like a, you've bought it and now you've got it because otherwise i could buy Put it this way, right? Now I've said this, they'll change it. I could buy it, screen record all of it, and then get a refund, and then go through it. So it's interesting that they've put a refund policy in there, because like I said, a lot of these courses are kind of like, once you bought it, you've bought it. So, does that mean they're confident with the product, or they are not confident with the product? <laughs> a lot of people to be like, no, can I have a refund? Yeah, I don't know, because I don't know who's driving this, Mm. you know? Would they put it out if they weren't happy with it? Well, I I, I can't say I'm convinced it would be that. Well, there's all that kind of, like, hustle courses kind of culture, you know? It's like, buy my course for financial freedom, and it's just a load of garbage talking about Amazon dropshipping. And then it's like, you can become a millionaire overnight, escape the, escape the, you know, escape the matrix. And all that kind of stuff, like like even Andrew Tate's like course that you can buy on his website is just drop shipping. It's all those kind of things. So maybe, you know, maybe it's something like that where it's like kind of okay, I watched it all, but I didn't learn anything. It was just him playing at me the whole time. I loved it, but it didn't help me. And I've been on sites like that. Like there's a certain website that if you have an internet connection and play bass, you will be aware of. And there's a lot of stuff like that where it's like that was really interesting, but. Well, you know, I really enjoyed watching that, but I don't feel like I learned anything. Otherwise known as university, but there's that too. <laughs> yeah, but that, you know, you can party and, and meet lots of people like that and spend £60,000 to go there. Worth <laughs> <laughs> that. Well, would you spend £60,000 on a, on a Joe Dart base course? Uh, also, no. <laughs> if, it involved, if it involved lots of drinking, yes. And you get the Joe Dart base at the end. There we go. Now we're talking. That's not cheap, though. No, it's like, what, two, three grand? Something like that. Well, there we go. Uh, if anyone out there is uh, wants to um, take it, take Joe Dart up on his offer and do his base course, then just let us know uh, how it is. I'd uh, love to know. Let's move on to our... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Second question. Question numero tuno. Johnny, what's your favourite boutique base brand? Fender. No. Um, Dark Glass. <laughs> and have your, loyalty, have your loyalties been bought in the form of, here's a base you can lend? I mean, uh, as a Dark Glass artist. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I need to, uh, need to say nice things. Sold out. Well, as a as a not dark glass artist, I will say the things that you won't. <laughs> <laughs> well, they can't see what I'm doing. I'm going. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, no, I am always open and honest. Okay. Um, anyway, what was I going to say? Um, favorite boutique based brands. Um, so two pop to mind for me. So I've not had loads of experiences with boutique bases. I'm a cheapskate. Uh, and I shouldn't be trusted with expensive things. Um, so I haven't tried that many. Uh, but one of which I'm going to say I have tried and I absolutely loved, and one I haven't tried, but I know I will absolutely love. Um, I will talk about the former first, and that is Alpha. Um, Alpha Instruments, based in North Yorkshire, isn't it? Uh, well, as a man from Lancashire, it's all one big steaming bin bag fire to me so somewhere somewhere on the wrong side of the Pennines for me re up north like that's yeah, far away. yeah. not Birmingham um, no no bit north of there um, so Alpha do you know UK made super high end instruments lovely lovely pickups and hardware that they put in there insane woods that they use um, I was really lucky to have and we heard it on this podcast as well um, the cobia prime v2 um with the triple single coils in it and yeah there's there's some if you go on their website just go and check it out they've got some absolutely incredible looking guitars that people have put together um it is a you know it's just a two-man team um and yeah i i've not got a bad word to say because i just absolutely absolutely love them um and i've played two i've still got one with me here now uh the, the fretless one that they let me borrow um, and you know, I'm not a fretless player, but it was a phenomenal bass. I could tell, you know, that the quality of it was incredible. Um, and it was just super fun to play and obviously looked amazing. So, yeah, alpha for me, absolute kings. Um, what about you, sir? Um, I simply cannot comment on this question because I have never played what you would consider to be a boutique bass. Uh played some basses by Iconic Guitars. They're based in California. They were pretty good. I like them. Have I heard of them before? I don't know if I know that. Uh, I've talked about them before. Yeah, they were pretty good. Kind of just do like J-style, you know, Fender-style basses, P-basses, jazz basses, kind of in custom shop kind of stuff. Uh, Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, Never played an Alpha. Would very much like to. Did you play the Feral? No, oh, yes, I did. Yes, I played that. That was really good. So I guess technically I would give it to the Feral, so technically Alpha, uh, because that's kind of the only things I've played. But like I said, very small amount of uh, booty bases that I've played. You know, anything in that kind of like custom territory, uh, I've just not not experienced, mainly because I kind of look at them and go, well, I'm not buying one anytime soon, so I'm just not going to... It's like, uh, there's a reason why I'm just not going to sit in a Ferrari, because it'd be like, I really want this. 
and I can't have one, so I don't want to upset myself. But they look the part, they look amazing. Alpha guitars look amazing. The one you did a video for sounded amazing, so uh, I'm just going to give them the top spot by default, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, like, I, I, I really want to maybe as a as a wedding present to myself, um, want to, um get a custom build i've already started the wheels turning of, of talking about ideas with them and I, i've designed it um of what i want it to be um based on the experience i had with the one that i had um but i'm very very excited so you know who knows what will happen in the future we'll see um the other brand i wanted to mention here was Seric. um i think they're well they're based in america somewhere um i can't remember exactly where is i don't know America just blends into one for me. Um, but in particular, the Lincoln bass is an incredible looking bass. And I just hear nothing but good things about Sarah. Uh, friend of the podcast, uh, AMP, the bass player, Andrew, has got a uh, custom Lincoln and it looks and sounds phenomenal. And yeah, I'd, I'd love to try one one day. But part of me is like, if I'm going to get a custom bass, I don't know why, but I, I'm never patriotic, but. I kind of want it to be a UK-made company if I'm going to spend that much money on it. Like, I want it to be, I don't know, like, I, I just kind of feel, I have that gut feeling. Um, so, yeah, it would be alpha for me, for, for sure. But Sarah are also very, very cool. I'm trying to look where in America they are based, and the, the website so far is not letting me, it's letting me down. Uh, but I will say, though, they look quite cool. Yeah, that link, that Lincoln one. I've seen that on uh, Andrew's channel before, and that is that's cool. I like that a lot. Yeah, they've done bases as well that look very similar to like Gibson Grabbers, like it's that kind of body shape with the Lincoln. Um, and they've done ones where it's like a G three setup, and that's you know that that's my jam. I think the in uh, Chicago, that's the one. I could not remember. That's the one. It's Chicago. Oh, wow. That would sound really stupid then. I was about to go, is Chicago the state? And it's not. It's Illinois, isn't it? <laughs> Chicago is actually the musical. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, the pizza company. I remember it well. Yes. Yes. No, Chicago is the name of the monster. Chicago's monster. Oh, yes, of course. Um, Not Frankenstein. He's the man. Do you, do you like a Chicago town pizza? I'm not going to lie. I had one last night. How's that it? Oh, very nice. Yeah, sometimes you just crave a frozen pizza, specifically a frozen pizza. Mm-hmm. Awful. I'm telling you, man. Yeah. Slaps. I wonder what Chicago town pizzas are called in Chicago. Do you reckon they're just called town pizzas? They absolutely will be called town pizzas. Town, pe- town pizzas. I mean, you've got the Wigan kebab, but that doesn't mean when you go to Wigan, we call it a kebab. We still call it a Wigan kebab in Wigan. So, yeah. What's a Wigan? I mean... We can cut all this this out, but what's a Wigan kebab? No, we can keep this in. Uh, a Wigan, a Wigan, <laughs> a Wigan kebab. It, you're going to hate this. It is a pie on a barn cake. Okay, right. We need to back up. What's a barn cake? Bread roll. Right. Okay. Also known as a cob. Here. Yeah, not round here. It's not, my friend. Oh, right. Okay. Um, so it's a pie. What's a pie on a bread roll? Yeah, basically like meat and potato pie. Meat and potato pie. So that, and then it's just, I feel like being like Philip Schofield right now, like, salad in a pasty, you real paper bad. <laughs> uh, no, it's great. And then what you do as well is you open up your balm cake and you put loads of gravy all over it and then close it. It's like a gravy sandwich. That is the most northern thing I've ever heard in my life. Well, when you're, when you're poor like us, that's all you can eat. <laughs> I love the sound of it. I love the sound of poverty. <laughs> Yeah, 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 send me one. Yeah, sounds good. Okay, I will do. I will do. Right, should we move on? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Let's move on to the next segment. Mm-hmm. It's time for that tone you own. It's one of my favorite segments because we get to shut up and listen to some bass tones. Uh, each week, we bring along a sound for us to break down, talk about. How is it made? What does it make us feel? And what gear was used to put it together? So this week, I have brought along a tone um, from a new piece of gear that I have acquired as I 
alluded to earlier today. Uh, that being the dark glass expo exponent, 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 the E500. It's a 500 watt uh, base amp head uh, and multi effects unit with a clean head in it. It's 500 watts. There's a lot going on with this head. Uh, and I'll speak more about my thoughts about it after we listen to how it sounds. There it was. Um, I kind of tried to demonstrate, um, I mean, like 1% of what this thing can do, but a mix of clean and then driven sounds and then just kind of messing around at the end as well. Um, it's unmistakably dark glass sounding, I think. Uh, the first bit you would have heard is with uh, my Squire 40th anniversary P bass with a set of really old strings on it. Um, and which I kind of liked because it was kind of like a more like a vintage uh, P-Bass kind of sound. Um, and then my FGN jazz bass with very fresh strings on. Uh, so a bit of a, a mix there to give you two different vibes. Um, I'll talk a bit more about my thoughts of, of the amp. Uh, Chris, what did, you, what did you think of this these sounds? Uh, really liked it. I think it sounded really, really good, especially when you turned it kind of sounded with the three different tones in there there was like a clean there was like um a kind of scoopy driven tone that sounded very kind of like sans amp ish and then there was like a kind of like big dirty dark glass sound and all of them sounded really good and also i noticed when you turned on the big sounds like you went for like the higher gain sound there was still loads of low ends yeah that kind of sounded quite clean were you were you able to do something where there's like a crossover effect inside the amp? No. So this amp, the thing that makes it kind of controversial is that it is it's basically a clean head with all of the effects built in and is all controlled via your phone or computer. So it's all via the dark glass suite, whether that be on your phone, via the app, or with the desktop application. Um, so for all of this, I've just been using my phone to do it. And, you know, that's a big turn off for me. When they, when they announced this, I was like, no, thank you. Don't like the sound of that at all. Um, but actually, it is super easy to use um, and really convenient. Uh, everything's very tactile and obvious what to do. You've just got your signal chain laid out on your phone. You like TikTok. You like swipe up to get to the next effect. Um, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, and I found it quite easy to dial in tones. And I've kind of got what I like. And I've just kind of left it. I left them, left them forget type of thing um so for that last one i think it was the the amp itself so just the clean i had a tube preamp on there uh, to give it that kind of nice warmth um scoop some of the high mids out and that's what that kind of gives it that kind of dark uh, sans amp sounds that you're talking about and then it just had the b3k on there as well the first distortion sound you would have heard is with the alpha omega you can have the b3k alpha omega vintage micro tubes in here and also the there's a new one in there called the chinchilla which is meant to be like a rat clone right and you know all of these um uh dark glass pedals you you don't really or well, i haven't had one before where i've lost low end when you kick them in um and that's certainly not the case with these um pedals the digital version on this as well they, they sound really good i think but yeah i'm i'm enjoying it so far um it's i'm looking forward to reviewing it and diving into it a bit more because i i have 
haven't really used much of the modulation and those effects just because I don't really tend to use that so much. But for all of that to come out of this teeny tiny little package uh, is great. You know, I'm, I'm having lots of fun and that's the most important thing. Very good. Very happy for you. It sounds really good. I uh, I was really impressed by it. Um, the Alpha Omega sounds really good. The B7K sounds really good. I was just about to make a joke like, oh, it, it's like what the Quad Cortex was supposed to be. Because <laughs> I, I was always told, I was under the impression that, now this might be different because obviously Dark Glass and Neural DSP are not owned by the same people anymore. So there's not as much cross-pollination between technologies. So the fact that this E500 has you know digital versions, but like the circuits of the dark glass pedals is very cool. Like I would I really want something like that in a digital format because I'm a very big fan of the Alpha Omega. Like I'm a very big fan of the amp. Um I really like the B7K. The problem I have with the Quad Cortex is it has a B3K inside it where you've just got a tone and then a bite and a grunt. I want the EQ options that you get on like the X, sorry, the B7K Ultra, you know, of like the high mids and low mids and all that sort of stuff. Because it's just, it's just infinitely more useful. But uh, yes, in short, sounds very good. I would say that is what's missing from this is that it is the B3K and the Omicron. Oh, it's the, oh. No, it not, it's not like the full ones. It's like the, the small versions of them. Um, so it's meant to be that you've got your clean preamp and that, and then you do all your tone shaping and then you've just got the drive effects that you put on that you blend in. Yeah. So it's less like here's a preamp. It's like, here's the drive. Uh, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. And it's working and, and you can actually assign the knobs on the front to anything. So it doesn't have to be what, you know, traditional, like bass, mid, treble drive, you know, you can, you can change it to whatever you want. Um, I tend to just do that and then have the last two be drive and blend. And that's a really nice setup, I think. So you've just got your four band, uh, sorry, th- you've got a three band preamp and then just that, and then everything else is set and forget for me. So, um, and sorry to bang on, the what's really nice, the headphone out and the uh, XLR out um, both have cab simulation on it and you can move where the cab sim goes. So what I've done is put an eight by 10, no, sorry, a dark glass four by 10 cab after after the di and the headphone but before the um speak on and speaker out so you're not getting it means you can completely control where the cab sim is going and that's a really really cool feature um i know you get cab sim on like the the dark glass heads but yeah i'm glad that they retain kept that going because that's something that i absolutely love for playing live that is quite cool yeah they have that on the uh on the alvaro mega head they have a pre and post di so you can uh, you can have a cab sim on one that goes to front of various, and then I think in the dark glass suite you can change where it goes. I think the first thing to do that was the Adam as a software update. You know it had it where you can because that has an XLR output and a jack output, and then an effects loop. And I think you could change or a send and return. Yeah, it was an effects loop, and you can change what goes where. You know, is the cab sim before or after the XLR output and things like that. But no, it sounds great, and I'm assuming it weighs about four grams as well, which is quite helpful. You are literally tossing it. Excuse me. Yeah, it's it's uh yeah it's, it's very light, it's very small. Um, and yeah, I want to. It was one of those heads that I was like, oh, can I can I be really cool and put it on my pedal board and I like, have this kind of setup? And you know, I then get very excited about that kind of thing. I I would like to do that with my dark glass head, but it's. It's probably just going to be too big in the end because, no, I will save that for the next section, but we will get to that in a moment. But yes, toss me, don't tell the elf. But yeah, no, it sounds really good. Thank you. Let's move on to that next segment now. It is time for the Big Bass Debate. The BBD, if you will. Uh, this is a really good one this week. I think this is a really good point, and I kind of think we will have different opinions on this. We shall see. Oh, my God. Um, 
Are base amps dead? Now, when we say dead, I'm assuming we mean irrelevant. Don't need them anymore. Okay, boomer. So, here's the thing. Um, I, I think I know which side of the fence you're going to sit on. Oh, oh, you, no. The man, the man who rants and raves about bringing just a pedal board to all his gigs <laughs> and loving playing with in ears. And then 90% of other bass players who are not doing that uh, and still have their amps on stage. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm sitting on this side of the argument that they're, that they're not dead yet, but I still absolutely love your kind of setup. I'm not one that to go, oh, it's got to be a real amp. I'm here with the dark glass head that, you know, I, I could do that too now if I wanted to. Um, but I still like having an amp on stage. I still like having something blasting some vibrations at me. And when I'm in a practice scenario, which is, you know, regularly um, a, a band practice, I, I'm going through a cab. So I need a head. I need an amp. Um, so I kind of, I see the need for all, but I, I don't think they're dead quite yet or, or i don't think they ever will be really i don't think anyone's gonna 100 percent move over to digital and and in ears and, and that kind of setup because not everyone's not everyone's a professional uh gigging musician like yourself chris so i don't i think it'll take the market a long time for for amps to die but that doesn't mean that your <laughs> argument that's incoming is going to be invalid uh passing over to you chris i don't think the amp is dead, but I don't think it's anywhere near as useful as it used to be. However, I am going to dissect this or caveat this with a big asterisk. So I think the amp is kind of dead. However, the cab is still going strong. Ah, okay. Because what I was going to mention is... I wanted to bolt my dark glass amp to my pedal board to use as a power amp and not use any of the torn shaping and send it off to a cabinet. Basically, I want a Seymour Duncan power stage, yeah. but I can't be bothered. I don't want to pay any money for one. So, because a cab, really good. I Even though I play with in-ears and stuff like that, I... I really like having a cab on stage, even if it's just loud enough for me when I'm stood right in front of it. Sometimes when I do gigs of in-ears, if I've got a cab or I've got my amp with me, I won't have my bass coming through my in-ears, and I'll just have the cab kind of kicking the back of my head, basically. And I'll save the in-ear mix for the thing, other things that I really, really want to hear, like um, the click and the singer so and the backing tracks and then i'll just kind of go okay well my hand's in this place i kind of know where i'm going i know i'm in the right place not always but i tend to do that quite a lot but um yeah the bass amp i think it's on its way out a little bit just because to the person who isn't an arena touring mega rack unit bass player you've got some really great options now in terms of having an ampler setup like for example um i mean the sands have been around for ages but that stereotype traditionally doesn't have a cab sim but then if you really wanted a cab sim you've got pretty much everything dark glass do now you've got the sands amp that has that's the svt one with the cab sim you've got cabs in pedals you can have a pedal board that's completely silent on stage and send out a sound that sounds like you've brought an SVT with you, which is great. And obviously you couldn't used to do that unless you were a gajillionaire, whereas now we can do it for 200 quid. <laughs> Everything's 200 quid. Everything's 200 quid, baby. Um, I think, um, God, why did that give me chills? Um, I feel like one thing that is missing from the market at the minute is more powered active cabs yeah the market has a call yeah no and that would really fill a gap for bass players i think in particular i was speaking to someone the other day about this actually i think in particular brands like um tech 21 should absolutely be jumping on this and because they've done amps before they've done cabs do an active cab they've, we've got there's like those head rush cabs but they're primarily for guitar players yeah, and um, Laney do a... I mean, you've got flat response speakers. Right. 
that are supposed to give you uh, an honest interpretation of what you put into it. So, like, uh, Laney do one, Headrush do one, uh, Line 6 do one as well. But then that will still require a cab sim, then, to give you that amp sound, won't it? Whereas if you had a powered, just a powered cab that still has the voicing of a cab. Probably the reason why that is, and then again, no, this would be transparent, so you'd want to put some sort of EQ on it, is you could just buy a monitor like a wedge, because I, I consider buying an active wedge monitor and just running an output from the quad cortex into it. So then that's my that's my cab, but instead it's on the floor pointing at me. But then I kind of went against that in the end because like, well, it's not going to quite sound the same and I'm certainly not going to get a lot of low end out of it. So I decided not to bother with it. Yeah, and I think that's the big problem, really. That's what that's what we want. Um, and that's why I think it'd be cool to see some bass-focused brands giving us a a base active cap so that allow us to do more things like this. I think it would be awesome, especially from brands that specialize in doing preamps. Mm. It would be a no-brainer for them to be like, look, you can pair these up with this and have that sound. Yeah. What's that what's that company from Finland that always talk about Art Glass? Yeah, that's the one. Always talk about innovative uh designs and I mean they do cabs. Why don't they do a cab that has a power amp built into it? Yeah. I mean that won't be two hundred and fifty pounds, but but that's that's a great innovation. I mean it's it's not an innovation, but they'll spin it as an innovation. But it would be great, and it would then it would just have one big knob on it as well to to just volume be loud and more loud. <laughs> and then in six months they can add a chorus to it. Love this, yeah, love it, <laughs> love this. Um, yeah, I I think that would be really cool. Um, and I'd love to see a lot more of that kind of thing for us that that are modernized, you know, to help us. Because that's the thing that holds us back, really. That all the that all these modern elements are sometimes held back by still wanting that that traditional element on stage, you know, that kind of thing. Whereas I think a product like that is that kind of mix of traditional amp setups with the modern setup to you know tick all the boxes. So I think that would be really cool. I agree. Yeah, I I agree definitely. Great point about the cabs not being dead because I definitely think that, that is something that will never go away or will always want to have um especially those that aren't using it is um but yeah i think that pretty much wraps up that that, that debate i think um i'm surprised we you know agreed on on that quite a lot i thought we were going to be um fighting it out to the bitter end on that one but uh yeah i think it might be because we while we might have slightly different very slight differing opinions on is the amp dead we were both like no, I still want a cabinet. Yeah. So then we were, then we just get both came to the conclusion of no cabinets are fine. Yeah. Maybe amps. Sure yet. Yeah, because and, and I can see it from both ways because I I do really like having a tactile amp on stage and being able to just plonk the head on top and do that. But I also <laughs> love the digital side and being able to have it as easy as possible. Well, that swings back round to uh, last week's point where I was talking about. Um, if you tweak a sound that suits you on stage, it might sound terrible for the front of house. But then if you give your front of house guy a sound that he doesn't like, he's just going to turn it down. So then you, with an amp, you can do that. Do you know what? I take that to every, that mindset to every gig now. Since you said that, I'm like, yeah, let's uh, think about that because otherwise I'm just going to be gone. Exactly. Not just a pretty face, Johnny. Hey, I'll, uh, we'll leave it there, shall we? Yes, let's leave the no comment. Thank you very much. Uh, once again, everyone, thank you so much for uh, sticking it out and uh, staying with these two uh, handsome fellows uh, talking about the, their love for bass. Make sure you keep an eye out for our Instagram stories where you can get involved and submit your questions so that we can answer on this podcast. Uh, Chris, where can uh, people find you on the interwebs? Yeah, you can find me pretty much everywhere under that guy on bass. Nice and simple. Super duper duper. And me, just at Johnny Dibble on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe. Um, If you are listening to this uh, on your platform of choice, it might be Spotify, it might be Apple. Um, Don't forget to rate us five stars Um, because, you know, it's been a great time and, uh, and I hope that you've enjoyed it as well. And it's something to do with algorithms that helps us out to reach more people. So please, please, please uh, make sure you rate us five stars. Um, that is it, everything. Um, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.